0: Hi there, I'm Jake Humphrey, and this is a very special episode of High Performance. Look, you know this podcast is here to remind you that it's within. Your ambition, your purpose, your story are all there, we just help unlock it by turning the lived experiences of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. And what's really magic for us is that you then pass it on. So we help unlock things for you and then you help unlock things for other people. And one of the kind of recurring themes, I guess, of the listeners to high performance is that we have many teachers. We have many um, CEOs and startup entrepreneurs and leaders, but we have an incredible amount of teachers. I think actually if you spoke to the high performance team, you would probably hear from them that we get more emails, more messages, more voice notes, more interaction with the teachers than any other profession on the planet. And we're not just talking about teachers In the UK where our podcast is based, teachers around the world are being inspired by these podcasts and crucially for us sharing them with their pupils, which is what we're most excited about. So we thought how cool to chat to a teacher about exactly why high performance has resonated, what they're doing to bring high performance into their own schools and why maybe for you listening, you can realize that teaching is one of the most remarkable careers on the planet and you can then change your life by becoming a teacher. So we're about to meet someone who is the Director of Sporting Excellence at the trust where he works, which is overseeing, I guess, the the sporting excellence of everyone involved in that trust, but also overseeing the elective program Trustwide, which is their extracurricular initiative to make sure 100% of students at Key Stage 3 participate in sport or physical activity outside of lessons. And we all know from the conversations we've had on this podcast just how much you can change your mind by changing your body. Um, The trust this person works for has an ethos about leveling the playing field, doing whatever it can to give opportunities to state school students that are normally only found in the private or the independent sector. So it's time to welcome to High Performance, um, a man who actually has created his own in-school podcast inspired by High Performance, which I love. We'll talk about that in great detail. Ed Haslam. Hi, Ed. Hi, Jake. Mate, so nice to meet you. So, um, You're now on High Performance, having listened to High Performance for a long time. How does that feel?
1: Um, It's totally surreal, actually. Um, Something that I, when I started listening, the last thing I could possibly think of would be that I would be an episode or I'd be speaking to you. So um, yeah, really surreal, actually.
0: Isn't that part of the magic though, Ed, that I think when people see the name High Performance or maybe in the early days when we were just speaking to big sporting stars, you know, it was like, oh, that podcast is for people who are really super elite, high achieving millionaires or business owners or gold medal winners or Olympians. The truth is, this podcast is here for absolutely anyone. And it's time we realized that every single person on the planet, especially teachers, can and should be high performance, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think those billionaires, the millionaires, the Olympians, the professional athletes, they all started at school. So I think it's a really powerful profession, um, one that isn't certainly shouldn't be overlooked in the importance
0: where it stands in our sort of in, in the social standings, really. So what do you think then makes a high performance teacher and makes a high performance school environment? It's it's a, it's a really
1: difficult question, that because every school is completely different. We have really sort of simple principles that if our students work hard They're coachable and they do their best. That high performance will resonate across a year group, a form group, a class. Um, It's really simple to, I feel, to get right, but it's much easier said than it is to actually put it into practice.
0: So how would you do that? Because look, I'm a a parent um, and I spend a lot of my time trying to convince my nine-year-old and seven-year-old that they need a growth mindset. They need to open their minds to understand all the magic in the world. In fact, to the point where Florence, my eldest, who very much speaks her mind, Ed. She went, oh, not high performance again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. And I'm sure maybe some of your pupils feel the same when Mr. Haslam comes in going, guys, I've just listened to the latest episode. But, you know, you've got this growth mindset, right? You listen to the podcast. You understand it. I do too. What would you say to people listening to this, parents, maybe fellow teachers about the things you've done with your pupils where you've thought, oh, that, They've really understood that. That's really helped them to develop this mindset where they understand that they're responsible and they're in control. And there's so much out there for them.
1: Yeah, and 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 it's we we uh, I said we keep it really simple, but actually we we speak a lot with our students about this. And 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 I'm very and I'm a big advocate of that small small margins. And it's getting the students to understand that that those little things that they can do can have a big difference. I work with a lot of high performing students when it comes to, the, to their sporting ability. But for a young person to understand that doing something slightly different or doing that little bit extra could make a massive difference. Um, And and it's just giving the time to allow that to happen. And if you can build confidence and, and show results and everything that we're trying to do within our trust, it certainly does make a difference. We've sort of had this remit of this sporting excellence for the past two years. And I can notice that just doing those little things, those conversations, directing them to... Things like your podcast is making a huge difference. It's changing the mindset, a mindset they probably weren't even, it wasn't even a thought that they would need to change. They thought they're on course to do something, but actually giving them the, the exposure to those those certain things is really, really important. And without teachers and with, without sort of what we do, it becomes very difficult because the world that sort of I'm working in, a lot of the parents don't have a growth mindset and, and they aren't familiar with with how this operates and
0: it needs people like myself and my colleagues to allow that to happen. One of the ways you're doing that is you've created your own podcast, what was the inspiration behind that? So the initial thought
1: was we wanted to um, gain exposure of what we do within the trust and we thought by um, hosting a podcast that would allow that to happen. We wanted to invite people on, we want to talk about their journey, and give advice to our young people. but. Sort of Your podcast is completely inspirational with that. Now, it's a really difficult one because we have to find a niche and what that niche is at the minute, I'm really not too sure. We certainly don't get the viewers that, that we wanted, but actually what we are doing is we're giving exposure and, and we're t- trying to tie that into a curriculum within our schools. So some of the things that we'll speak about will have maybe have an impact on their, their GCSE or A-level curriculum. And it's sort of finding that niche or finding what people are interested in. We we spent a lot of time thinking about what the parents would want. So for me, I've, I've grown up playing sport, but I don't think my parents fully understood the pressures, uh, the needs and the wants that I probably desired when I was a young age. So it's trying to give the parents some insight because a lot of our parents, they don't have that sporting background and they don't have the exposure to elite sport. And if we're not going to provide that, then, then who is really? we've had some great guests we've had um ex-students we have current members of staff that play um elite sport we have uh, owners of clubs um ex-athletes current athletes nutritionists it is really interesting but it's making sure people buy into that
0: so Ed, let's talk then about some of the guests that have joined you actually on your podcast because i would love to just ask you a quick question about each guest and just tell me the the big thing the big learning from them so you were joined by vic burgess who's um assistant coach at England Netball and she spoke to you about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Why is that important for young people?
1: I think because they shouldn't be comfortable all all the time. Everything that we do and we try to do I think if students become uncomfortable it sets them up for their career and and it sounds sounds big and it might sound dramatic but if they're sat in an interview or they're presenting to something they aren't going to be comfortable and it's really important though those students do feel uncomfortable at times and, and it's not a nice feeling but it's a feeling that our students need to get used to, to to make it in the real world.
0: I think it's really important. And there was also a conversation with Connor O'Keefe who's a, a former professional goalkeeper um, and the title of his was Ambition, Dedication and a Golden Envelope. Um, I mean I love the the conversation about ambition and dedication because I often see people everywhere and I think that you know, their, their sort of ambition gets them to a certain point, right? They want to achieve something, but it's actually the consistency in their behaviours that that helps them to reach it. And I, I wonder whether there's an important conversation from someone like Connor for young people that in this world where everything happens quick, where you can, you know, watch a video uh, of 15 seconds of someone being incredible, or, you know, you want to buy something online and it's delivered the same day, you know, young people are used to having everything very, very quickly. Yeah actually true success can take a really long time to arrive. And it's probably a really important lesson, I think, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And
1: and Connor, he will say himself, he's not the biggest name, but actually his journey is incredible. He was offered um, a scholarship at a football club, which he actually turned down. Um, He decided to go on and do his A-levels and go to university. um, And he moved then to Spain. And and the golden envelope is referenced to, he sent a handwritten letter to every club in Spain Advertising himself, promoting himself, um, and only a few got back to him. He would go and visit the clubs, and it just shows the ambition of Connor um, and the diversity that he's gone through. He's not, and he uh, he he said it on the podcast. He's not the tallest of athletes, and being a goalkeeper, stereotypically you do need to be, have a have a height. But he has worked his backside off to get where he wants to get to he he's done everything he can he hasn't just gone for it he's taken a consideration to thinking that actually his a levels and his academics and his education is really really important and without that he probably then isn't going to be the person that he's going to be or or was or is sorry he's done his time he's taken his time um but he's reaping the rewards now and and he openly says how difficult that element of his life was or that period of his of his life um but he's played in Sweden and he's loving it and, and he's got a, an academic background. If the, the football doesn't work out or when he comes to retire, it's a really short lifespan being a professional footballer. And he acknowledged from an early age that he needed something upon retirement to fall back on.
0: And you were also joined by Joe McConnell, who's um, the Loughborough University's para sprints coach. And I know that you've created a relationship with Loughborough Uni, which I think is fantastic for, for your pupils to see the pathway to, high, to higher education. Um, I love the title of Joe's episode. He said, I think everybody has the ability to be a champion. Now, I really want to understand from you how we can instill this mindset into young people, because there is no doubt that when you stand in front of a class of children, there will be some children who feel like, yep, I can definitely be a champion. There'll be others who are kind of like, yeah, maybe it's possible, but there will also be a handful of kids who think that's not for me. I'm not destined for that. You know, the other children are on a path to greatness. You know, that's, that's not going to be my story. And it's how we help them to realize right at the very beginning that thinking like that will almost certainly ensure it doesn't happen. Having this mindset that you can do anything and believing it's okay, it's okay to be ambitious. I think so many young people, Ed, protect themselves from disappointment and rejection and failure and letdowns by not even trying, not even daring to imagine that they could be the next great thing. Yeah. So how do we get that into young people that everyone has the ability to be a champion?
1: I think it's taking everybody on an individual basis. We can't brand everybody the same. It's something that we have to work tirelessly on. We have students that come through our doors that have really low self-esteem, and we have students that are really, really confident. And within that, it's to making sure that everybody um, is given those opportunities. It's everybody is um, taken on an individual basis. It's not that we're branding everybody with the same, or everyone with the same brush. It's making sure that we are doing things within the curriculum and outside of the curriculum, that Is allowing everybody to succeed and again I said it before it's really really difficult and I don't think we've sort of we've got all the answers but we're desperately trying we have to give time to each individual student which again is difficult but we have to do that we have to have those conversations we have to find out what makes these students tick and without that time and that dedication, it's not going to happen. And 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 it boils back to the, the sort of the type of teacher and the teacher that that people want to be. And, and you've got to give that time. You've got to make sure that things are put in place to make sure that everybody succeeds. Every student that comes to the door is different, um, and we have a we have a really really important job to make sure that happens. And, and like I said, it's easy for me to to be on here and say it. But we have to find ways of doing it. It's giving that time and making sure that everybody, uh, regardless of circumstance, regardless of background, we have a duty of care to these students and uh, and, we, and we aim to do it in a brilliant way, really.
0: And can I tell you something that I also, uh, I wrestle and struggle with, Ed, is this idea of telling every young person that they can be or maybe should be destined for greatness. They should be searching to be elite or be incredible. Where do you sit on this? Because actually... Isn't it okay to also say, listen, just surviving and being happy and having great relationships with people is enough. We don't all have to strive to be the next somebody.
1: No, and I I 100% agree with that. And it is okay just to be okay. But... I I still think that we have within our trust we actually have the three uns and that sounds a bit sort of ridiculous but they're unashamed academic unapologetically aspirational and uncompromising standards and that aspirational one really sort of resonates with me is that I do think we can be aspirational and I do think we can deliver that in a way where it isn't so intense or it's not putting too much pressure And, and it is okay to be okay but I do think we can be aspirational not it's the more I sort of think about that and, and the more I'm sort of set on, actually, we can give these opportunities for students to fly and to excel, but acknowledging that it is okay to be okay.
0: Hmm. I think that's really important. So from all the podcasts you've listened to and the way that you've sent this into the classrooms and created your own podcast, if I said to you now, what is your definition of high performance? What would you go with Ed? Probably going back to sort of what I said at the start really is that as long as our students
1: are doing their best, they're coachable, and they're working hard, and actually removing that ceiling of not thinking you can do something, I think that's really important. And I suppose the stigma to- towards it, when we talk about high performance, and I suppose my title of being um, Director of Sporting Excellence, and I think excellence can be misread in, in that it's just for the best, and, and that's not it at all. My role is aspirational. It's wanting those students to achieve something and it's giving those opportunities for the students to allow that to happen. Really nice. And what are your three non-negotiables? Um, and I've probably just said them. It's, 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 it's that. It's do your best,
0: be coachable and work hard. I think there's also something really interesting there as well that often people will say, oh, this is the, what I'm trying to instill in others. And then when we ask them about their non-negotiables then they're different to the things they're trying to instill whereas I think what's really interesting there is the things that you are trying to put into the minds of young people I then say well what are your non-negotiables and they're exactly the same how important is it for for our teachers and for anyone in a position of leadership to not be instilling something different to the things that inspire them for me it makes it so much more authentic
1: yeah absolutely and, and and I've always gone with that and, and I think my parents have instilled that in me is that I can only do my best I need to listen I need to take on board and even now I've, I've been within education for 14 years and every day I'm learning something and I'm open to learning things I certainly don't know everything I, I try to gain as, as much understanding of, of every topic that's put in front of me. But I have to still be coachable. I, I'm not sort of sat here thinking I know everything and I've got all the answers because that's absolutely not the case. And I work hard every day. I, and, and I would sort of say that to us blue in the face. I don't think you sort of get anywhere without working hard. I know you've had a lot of, of unbelievably successful people on your podcast. And I, I think whatever sort of whatever's underlying is is hard work, and I think that is is vastly important to promote that with every young people that sat in front of me.
0: And for anyone listening to this thinking, I love the way Ed talks, but I'm sure he's an outlier in the world of education. I'm sure it isn't that inspiring uh, and that much fun and that rewarding to be a teacher. What would you say to someone considering teaching as a profession? actually, I, I
1: listened to um, your education episode with um, with Kelly Holmes and she spoke about teachers and the impact that her PE teacher had on her and they made reference or you made reference to the golden seed moment and I think that's extremely powerful and I think anyone who's looking to get into education has that ability to change someone's life and not sort of overestimating that. I think you has, as a teacher have the ability to change someone's life in a few years time if, if i hope that the students that i work with now they look back and they see what we've put in place with all our um the sporting excellence stuff that we're doing um our elite pathway where we work with like you said we work with some brilliant partners we work with loughborough we work with a uh the law family educational trust and, and all these sort of things are building up to this changing someone's life and i think as a teacher you do have that Power to change someone's life, and it's, 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 a, it's a really sort of overwhelming thought, but actually given the opportunity and you have you are in such a powerful but privileged position that, you, that teachers shouldn't underestimate it, it's a fantastic career to be in, one that opens a lot of doors and I go back to working hard and you work hard and, and the opportunities are there as well and I, I'm a big advocate of education I'm a big advocate of, of state education it's It's exactly that you have the power
0: to change someone's life well, listen, Ed, my life was definitely changed by the the teachers that taught me at the state school that I went to. Um, and also my mum being a teacher meant that she yeah. very much had a close eye on me. And wh- when I inevitably did slip behind and didn't deliver as I should have done, it wasn't just her. I think for my mum, it was about me doing extra work, right? Yeah. Which was important for her because you know I had to get the results to go and do A-levels and things. But actually the really crucial thing was the teachers at school that made me realize like a this is all about you you know at the end of the day we will go home to our families and carry on with our lives you're the one that has to walk with these exam results or with this start in life forevermore that was the first thing the second thing was it was It was just that work ethic and that understanding of the more you put in, the more you get out. And that is something that I've carried with me for the rest of my life, really. And that absolutely came from a, you know, a collection of teachers, Mr. Maxwell, Mr. Pugh, the teachers who taught me at secondary school. They changed everything for me without question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it is that. And it's, you do, you you have, you have children's lives in your hands and, and you can shape them the best way possible. And I said, we work in a, a state environment. We have five schools. The trust that I work for has five schools all across um north manchester and and that's a variant of background as well. And some of the students don't have the parental support that that you desire and it and it's then your role as a teacher steps up even further. It's a, it's making sure that these students are on the right path. We have students that have have never been to a university or parents have never been to a university. So it's us making those those opportunities aspirational and and giving that that stance that you can achieve anything you want, but we do need to open those doors to make sure that
0: happens. I love that. Go on then, Ed. Your, your final answer for us then, your one golden rule for living your own high-performance life. How would you like to leave people thinking today? I, I suppose it's, it's going back to, to, to what I've sort of already
1: said numerous times, but I think the element of working hard is, is beyond everything. I, I'm certainly not the most academic Teacher in our trust. I have a master's degree, but I think that boils down to me working hard. You can't underestimate the power of working hard. Some people, it's naturally very easy for them, but I still think there's a barrier to that. I think boiling, it's working hard, it's knuckling down, it's taking the opportunities when when they're put in front of you, um, and don't be overwhelmed by a situation. It's fantastic.
0: I've loved this conversation, Ed. Um, I always feel when I when I speak to teachers that you know the future of our children is in safe hands. I am absolutely aware that the job is not easy. I'm completely understanding of the fact that it has very unique challenges and um, it's demanding on teachers. It's not always a bed of roses, but I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you know, and all the other teachers who are listening to this or potential teachers listening to this or parents listening to this, um, is an awareness that, you know, the future of our world is in the hands of teachers. Because as you said, right at the very start of this podcast, every single person, who we've ever interviewed in the three and a bit years of high performance has been through education at some point they've sat or stood in front of a teacher who's had an impact on them. And now um, that responsibility is in your hands. So mate, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me, Jake. I really, really appreciate your time and, and giving the opportunity to speak. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. And, you know, to all of you teachers that listen to and support us on High Performance, um, we are hugely grateful and we hear and see every single one of your messages. And we know what an important job you're doing for the future. Um, Huge thanks to Ed for sharing his thoughts on today's podcast. Please, for you, continue to spread the learnings you're taking from this series. Do what Ed does and try and get high performance into the minds of those people around you. So again, thank you to all the teachers who listen to this podcast. But if you are listening to this and you want a dynamic, creative, amazing life where you hope to inspire the next generation and you're not a teacher, then think about it. Search Get Into Teaching Now. And remember, there is no secret. It is all there for you. So chase your world-class basics. Don't get high on your own supply. Remain humble, curious and empathetic. And we'll see you very soon.